Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Well, hello, everyone. This is Sabrina, and this is a follow-up to last week's episode, Meet Dylan, Part 1, where we talked a lot about relationships on the inside for people who are incarcerated. This week is the second part of our interview with Dylan talking about relationships, and Prison Care's community director, Kim Smythe, and I will be talking with Dylan about relationships with people on the outside. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to last week, it's a great thing to do. Go back and listen to that episode, but you don't have to have listened to that one to make sense of this one. So in particular, if you have thought about becoming a pen pal encourager, with someone who is incarcerated. This episode is going to help you avoid some pitfalls, and it's going to give you some confidence for starting that relationship, starting that friendship with someone on the inside. So we are going to jump right in on the phone with Dylan. Um, So what about relationships with people on the outside? Like, so I met you through a random letter where I just wrote to you and said, hi, you don't know me, but um, I think you know my kid and whatever. And I feel like you're my friend, even though we haven't gotten to meet, but does it, is it just totally bizarre when somebody writes to you from the outside? Like what's that? At like? first, it was, it was pretty weird. Um, <laughs> Cause when that happened, uh, I was in, we were in different units at the time. So that's when they started separating us. Uh, I was one of the first people to get sick and get moved um, during the, the pandemic. And so I spent, you know, five months in uh, in this tiny, like, quarantine pod lockdown in my cell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, like, uh, what, November of that year, I think, that I started getting stuff. Okay. And I wasn't around Jay or anything, so I was like, I think these are like the people from where he's from, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I had to like go rock at his window to get his attention uh, at yard one day. <laughs> um, and like eventually, you know, got to ask him and stuff. And uh, and then, you know, we started talking about prison care and um, all of that uh, and kind of uh, your guys's goals and, and plans for the future um but at first just the influx of cards and letters from all these random people is very overwhelming uh, <laughs> and i'm not super inclined to like throw myself into things <laughs> so it was i felt bad for not responding most of the time but i didn't know what to say sure um, oh yeah and i i didn't know yeah i just didn't know any anyone uh Yes. Let me pick your brain a little bit about that. Cause this is like super helpful information for me that I can't get anywhere else, but from 
you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can we do different on the outside that makes it not overwhelming and that makes people not feel bad for not responding? Because like mm-hmm. at prison care, we tell people, don't assume you're going to get a response. It's absolutely okay if people don't yeah. want to reply and you can still know that you are letting somebody know that you're thinking about them, that they're not forgotten and that you care what happens in their lives just because they're worth caring about because they're a person and every person is worth caring about. Um, but what kind of wording or what kind of approach would make it less overwhelming? Because we don't want to overwhelm people. Was it too many different people at once? At first, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, trickled off, obviously. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's very occasional now, which uh, is manageable as far as, like, responding and stuff. Um, and I, uh, don't get me wrong, it was, it was great to get, uh, to get mail and get, get all of those cards and letters. I don't know, there, uh, the few times I've gotten, like, postcards and stuff with pictures and, and short messages, that was probably the... Uh, easiest to receive and, and like not be overwhelmed by. Right. Um, but at the time there's not much substance to that. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, I don't know if you ever got these, but I was trying to figure out, it was really awkward for me the first time I wrote to you, I was like, I don't know what to say. And so I think when I sent it, it was probably close to Christmas time. And um, yeah. I made like these little stars or something that I linked together. I was trying to figure out how to send you guys decorations. You probably got them like in March, if oh, ever. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's weird on both sides, isn't it? The not being connected is so bad for people. The mm-hmm. being cut off and isolated, and yet making connections is clunky and awkward. And I want to get better yeah. at it. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hard to know, uh, at least for me, it's hard to, like, relate, um, especially being so young and, and getting incarcerated so young. I don't always know, I didn't really have time to form, like, good relationships to begin with, and I didn't really have the skills to do that, so I've had to figure it out in here, but, mm. uh, it's a, I mean, there's a different set of rules, so it's still, uh, still when when I'm trying to form relationships with people on the outside, it's it's like I don't know anything. Um, mm. it's, yeah, it's super awkward, and you know, it's gotten better over time, but uh, like I don't know what to say to people, um, and it's not that I don't appreciate when when people are reaching out. challenge for most of us than, than anything else is, is we don't we don't want to complain about you know what's going on because that's uh, you know not very positive and not even necessarily where our like mindset is but we don't like have any real events going on or like anything to really talk about without you know potentially making someone uncomfortable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does it help if people ask you specific questions like like dumb 
getting to know you speed dating questions, you know, like, okay, Italian food or Mexican, what's your favorite, like, dumb questions like that? Does that take some of the pressure off? Or does that just feel so pointless that you're like, why are you asking me that? Who cares? Yeah, I think that's, those are good, like icebreakers. It's kind of funny. It's not important um, in any way. Uh, And this is, I mean, I I can't speak for everyone, but I think it's, uh, that's a good route to go when it's a pretty common thing in here to, uh, people will like set each other up with their, their friends on the street or like, um, and so that, and I don't mean to liken this to, to like the, the same thing, but there's often like a play 20 questions or, you know, do stuff like that to kind of break the ice and get past that. But at the same time, you know, situations are a little, they're a little bit closer. Um, right. Because they either have like a relative in prison or they're, and they've been like around it. But yeah, playing, like doing that kind of really light, like questioning is probably a great way to do it. Yeah. Right. I remember I got excited when I found out you liked, you were interested in poetry because I'm interested in poetry. And <laughs> I remember us um, yeah, writing back and forth some about poems that, that had been meaningful or styles of poetry that we liked or whatever. And so it doesn't, doesn't actually take too long to find one something that you can kind of go, Oh yeah, that's interesting to me too. And gets a lot easier after that one thing is in place. Is it weird when people ask you questions about prison? No. uh, I kind of wish it would happen more. Okay. Um, Because it's like, we're in our own little, uh, like, microcosm, and it's kind of also a black hole. I mean, they don't, like, I don't necessarily like to just, uh, like, say a bunch of stuff about prison, because it's, like, weird without context, but if someone's, like, particularly interested, then it's, then that's different. See, that's Uh, fascinating. That is mm -hmm. fascinating, because so many people who have said, I've been thinking about becoming a pen pal. But I like, I'm afraid I'm going to ask something that's going to make them feel like I, like, like I'm visiting the zoo and I'm, I'm, I'm looking on the inside, you know, or I'm crying, like I'm yeah. getting too personal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, like I only have, um, the only people on the outside I really talked to from before that I knew before, uh, is my parents and, and one friend of mine. Um, and they've, you know, haven't been touched by the the justice system at all, really. Mm. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll get on conversations where I'm like, uh, talking about things that have, have happened in here, like stories have happened or, or like the way our little society like works sometimes. And I can just, I can hear it in their voice and, and how like shocked they are sometimes about like the way we because uh, we really are like our own society we have like mm-hmm. our own economy um, yeah. mm-hmm. we have our own like uh, like codes of conduct and stuff like that mm-hmm. that aren't um, like put upon us by the state they just kind of like morph and evolve on their own yeah. um, and it's uh, completely forced so I can see why someone would 
not want to to look at it like that. Not, not want to be to come across as like a you know just a visitor like looking in like creeping in on our lives. <laughs> but I don't think most I don't think people would really take it like that. Uh, cause I think we're all aware of of how it is and and how little um, knowledge people have about what goes on. That's really helpful. Thank you for that. And I'm definitely going to find some way to put that into resources that that make it easier for people to get started who are feeling like I want to know stuff, but I don't want to sound like a creep for being curious. Um, but yeah. you're you're right. It is a microcosm. It is your own society, and it doesn't work like it does on the outside. And until I had a son who was incarcerated, I didn't have a clue. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've had to learn, and you guys have been the only ones to educate me because you're you're living there, you know. Um, okay, so when it comes to relationships inside, what makes a good friend in a prison? Is it different than on the outside, or? I think the same, like, basic, uh, I don't know, standards you would look for um, are similar. Uh of course, you look for people with similar interests and stuff. Um, but it's really, I don't know. Uh, my experience is a little bit different, I think, because um, I, I can't really, I haven't done the, um, I don't really know how to say this, like the, uh, I'm not like hooked up with anyone um, or anything like that. So people on that, kind of end of the spectrum that uh, have friends more based on like racial divides or let's say extracurricular interests. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that works much differently. Yeah. Um, for me, it's more of like, like a, a, I hate to say it like this, but like a, a regular guy. Like I, I wasn't living a, a crime-filled lifestyle before I came to prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's, pretty much the same uh i just want someone i can you want people around you that you can rely upon if you need them but um that will like respect your boundaries and will let you like do things by yourself and be by yourself and uh like have your own stuff because um, yeah. it's easy to find people who will hang around you and like be friends with you for stuff Mm. Uh, and it's not like spoken or anything, but you know they just like use you for things. Um, yeah. So finding finding that balance of like we're all able to help each other out if we need it, but we respect each other enough to um, have that boundary and um, yeah, but it's it's mostly the same. I mean, my closest friends in here we all do music, we all like work out together sometimes. Uh, but we all go off and do our own thing and have our own, like, other friends also. And that's important because it's easy to get into a bubble and just, like, be around the same couple people for years. You could you could do that, you know, your whole time and, and not even really blink. But that's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really wise. Mm-hmm. What's something that you wish more people on the outside who have loved ones who are incarcerated, what's one thing that you wish people on the outside knew or understood better? That's a big one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I guess. Uh, you don't have an answer. That's okay, too. <laughs> well, there's a couple things, I guess. But the biggest um, and the closest to me, I guess, the, the one that I struggle with the most, and it, and it uh, affects the people that I talk to, um, is, like, I go dark sometimes, and I don't really talk to anyone, and um, and I isolate, and it's not necessarily, like, the best thing, but, like, sometimes I just need some time, and I just need to, like, kind of stay in here for a while, because um, I don't know what to say or have anything to say uh, outside of this, outside of being here. Mm. Um, and that I need that uh, sometimes. Um, so if I don't, but for other people, if they don't hear from their loved ones for a little while, um, it might not be anything bad. It might not be them trying to, you know, ice their family out or anything. It's They might just need some time because um, I know I do. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a mom's group that um, that I'm a part of on Facebook of moms with sons who are in prison. And a lot of them talk about they, they need a phone call every day to know that their kid is okay. And I understand the fear that you have to battle that your kid is not okay. But I also don't think I would want that kind of pressure on Jay to feel like he has to check in with me every day and reassure me that he's okay. I would rather he was putting his energy into being okay mm-hmm. than into reassuring me that he's okay. You know, yeah. I have a, a complicated relationship with my parents sometimes. Uh, and I, I don't, I call them once a week usually. Um, but sometimes I've got to let a week or two slip by, uh, especially lately, but uh, I know it probably makes them a little bit uncomfortable, um, but... It's got to be what it's got to be. we got to trust mm-hmm. people to make the right decisions for themselves. And, yeah. yeah. And be okay on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard in, in a place where it's so easy to not be okay and for no one to know about it. Yeah. Awful lot of the responsibility just falls on you when you're in prison, right? You, you have, you don't know when you're going to have access to healthy support. And so you have to dig deep and find it within yourself an awful lot of the time, don't you? I mean, it was, Coming to prison from this, this sounds a little, uh, a little messed up, but it was it was good for me. Um, of course, I I hate that what happened happened, um, mm-hmm. and but it forced me to kind of take control of myself, um, and you know I I had a lot of. Uh, mental health issues as a teenager, I mean, my whole life, but um, coming here forced me to 
get a handle on myself and be able to make healthy decisions for myself um, because there's no there's no other choice. Uh, the the only other choice is to just kind of lay back and let things happen to you, and that's not uh, that's not who I am anymore. Um, so I know that if I want to be okay, I'm going to be the one that you know makes that happen. Uh, and so it the responsibility is is great because there's no I don't mean great. I mean, like, it's, it's weighty. It's, Huge. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, so much else has been taken from us. Uh, and for some people that gets expressed in, in, like, strange OCD behaviors and, you know, they have to be in control of every single situation. Mm. But for me, it's like, it's like the basics. Eating, sleeping, uh, exercising. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those were things I couldn't I couldn't do before, mm. uh, which sounds ridiculous, but but it's the truth. Uh, so in a, in a way that responsibility that we have to ourselves and to our families and stuff by taking care of ourselves is like too much sometimes. But it I I needed it. I needed to I needed that forced upon me. Hmm. I'm really glad that you were able to see that that's what you needed and what you wanted to give yourself because you're right that there are a lot of people who get to prison and have that situation forced upon them. And instead of deciding what they need and what they want for themselves, they do just lay back and let things happen to them. And those are the people that enter the system damaged. And if they make it out at all, they're much more severely hurt by all of it. That's, uh, I'm really, really glad that you've made those choices for yourself, Dylan, and that you're, you're taking care of you and, um, growing as the person that you want to be. I really applaud you for that. I really respect it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Cannot thank you enough for being willing to talk to us, Dylan. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, of course. So Happy cool to, to get it. to know you a little bit. Yeah. Sometime, sometime maybe we can do another episode and talk dogs. All right. That would be great. Great. Yeah, of course. All right, my friend. Have a good day. All right. Yeah, you too. All right. Take good, good nice care. Okay. Thank you. So there you go, friends. That is an example of a friendship that started with a pen pal encourager relationship with a random awkward letter. And here we are two years later. Um, friends, it's cool. It's really cool. And it is such a treat to get to be a cheerleader on Dylan's journey. I just can't express how much it is good for me to be a pen pal encourager. I, I hear that it is good for the people that I'm encouraging. I hope that that's really true. I know that it is remarkably and surprisingly good for me. So please consider it. And I hope that today's episode gave you a little bit of the vision. You know, um, this is not just a thing to do. This is relational. This is personal. And this has the potential to make a dramatic 
difference in lives, in the world, um, and definitely in one person's experience. If you would like to learn more about how to be a pen pal encourager, about how to start a prison care compassion team, uh, please visit prisoncare.org. We have a, a growing library of always free downloadable PDF resources there that will help you wrap your brain around how you might become a part of the prison care vision. And you can also uh, donate money there if you believe in what we're doing and you would like to be a financial supporter. We will gladly take your donations and put it to very, very good use. And if you have questions for me, or if you'd like to share your story, you know, we haven't put a call out for stories in a while, but we are really, truly eager to hear your stories. If you are someone who was formerly incarcerated, if you are someone who has a loved one who is incarcerated, if you are someone who has worked in the corrections industry, if you have a loved one who works in the corrections industry, I really want to encourage all of us to learn from one another. I would like to learn from you. So please shoot me an email, info at prisoncare.org, or you can reach us through the contact page on the prisoncare.org website. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you for getting to know Dylan a little bit better. We will talk to him more in some future interview episodes. And um, yeah, let's keep journeying together. I really appreciate you being a part of this. I'm not kidding when I really, truly say that I thank you for caring. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters.